Joining us here in the studio for the news briefing is Choi Mira. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. All right, Mira, so we're going to get an update on the COVID-19 situation. Unfortunately, we have some bad news to report. Yesterday, we got a hint of the, the numbers being uh, quite alarming because of the 9 p.m. numbers uh, being significantly higher mm-hmm. than the day before. We reached over the 700 mark for new infections yesterday. Now, this makes preemptive testing all the more important so that we can find patients at an early stage and contact trace as aggressively as possible to contain the spread of this virus. So... With this in mind, and because most of these new infections, as well as the growth, has been coming in the metropolitan area, Mm. meaning Seoul and Gyeonggi and Incheon, they have now, those municipalities, have made it mandatory for suspected patients to get tested within 48 hours? That's right. Uh, As you say, the number of daily COVID-19 cases surged to more than three months high of 731 yesterday. And the majority of those cases are concentrated in Seoul and its surrounding Gyeonggi and Incheon. So those areas issued an administrative order that requires people to get tested if their doctors recommend a test for suspected symptoms such as fever, sore throat, or muscle pain. And suspected patients must get tested within 48 hours of the doctor's request at nearby public medical centers called Bogonso or COVID-19 testing centers across the region. The order took effect yesterday in Incheon and it will go into force in Gyeonggi and Seoul today. If doctors request COVID-19 testing for a patient, they have to put it in the medical records, and pharmacists also must draw up a list of patients receiving testing requests. If a patient tests positive after ignoring the doctor's request, they will face a fine of less than 2 million won, and the city and provincial governments could exercise the right to indemnity for reimbursement of the quarantine and treatment costs. Right, so similar to situations where we have seen kind of irresponsible behavior in the past by people who either trying to cover up their mm-hmm. infection or being reckless when they were potentially infected. Comes to mind the, the do you remember that Gangnam mom who oh, went on yeah. a trip to Jeju and mm. then tried to feed um, uh, whatever um, uh, these, uh, these uh, kind of Tylenol type mm. of um, med- medication to their kids so that they can lower the fever so they can yeah, go on yeah. that trip. Uh, they subsequently were liable for a lot of costs involved with this. This is also kind of making it clear that the government is not messing around. If you suspect you have COVID, get tested Uh, do it within 48 hours. If you don't, and if I, you know, we find out that you were infected mm-hmm. and you were responsible for some level of spread, we could hold you now uh, responsible for those extra costs. Now, that is one thing. It's a deterrent, and uh, I guess it's something for people to be mindful of. However, overall, the increasing number of cases is worrisome. What we are trying to do right now is, I, I think, try to survive the best we can with the current kind of social distancing schemes until we have a wider percentage of the population vaccinated. There's been some concerns because supply has been a little bit more difficult to procure. But we've got some good news on that front because the Moderna coronavirus vaccine is proving to be quite effective against COVID-19. Give us more details. 
Yes, the U.S. drug maker Moderna said in a statement yesterday that its COVID-19 vaccine has proven to be more than 90% effective six months after its second uh, and 95% effective at protecting against severe disease. The new data came from its phase three clinical trial that studied more than 900 COVID-19 cases through April 9, including more than 100 severe cases, according to a report by CNBC. The new results could bring Moderna a step closer to filing its request for full U.S. approval for its vaccine. The vaccine is currently authorized for emergency use by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for people who are aged 18 and older. The company also revealed its plans for testing children under the age of 17, dividing the age groups into two. with 3,000 children aged between 12 to 17 and uh, 6,750 participants aged uh, 6 months and older to 11 years old, both in the U.S. and Canada. Well, good news there, and it's added to the mix of uh, all the other uh, vaccines that have been out in the market. As you distinguished, a lot of people saying, well, we always, uh, we already thought that Moderna was uh, a part of the protocols. Well, it was uh, approved for emergency use only, but mm-hmm. now that it would uh, potentially get full approval, it would mean that it would be deemed safe for most uh, vaccination centers mm-hmm. to be able to uh, administer it to the wider public. So good news on that front. Let's turn to our next story. And once again, we have to talk about News Kongjang, our uh, sister program here on TBS FM. Usually we like to reference News Kongjang when we're talking about other uh, current affairs issues and they mm. broke some kind of important story or interview and, and we talk about what they covered uh, to supplement our English news coverage. Unfortunately, right now what we're talking about with News Kongjang is this concerted propaganda attempt by conservative media. And there's this framing, particularly by Cho s o n Ilbo, um, trying to attack the host of the show, Kim Ojun, Um, basically trying to paint him as being an overpaid person and that uh, TBS is somehow doing something wrong in the way they hire their hosts and guests. And I have a lot to say about this (laughs) as somebody directly involved, but tell us more about what Cho Son-ilbo is trying to claim right now. Yes, the report came from c h u s a n i l b o one of the conservative media outlets in the country, which said yesterday that day that TBS pays News g o n g j a n g host Kim o j u n 2 million won per episode, even without signing a written contract. The report said not only uh, Kim o j u n but also other liberal-leaning show hosts, including Ju Jin-woo and Lee Eun-mi, receive around 1 million won or more per episode, and no one has signed a written contract. When the main opposition People Power Party lawmaker Yoon Ha-nong asked for confirmation, TBS admitted There are no written contracts, as it is a common practice for media companies to hire hosts of a radio program uh, with just a verbal contract, and it cannot disclose the exact amount of Kim's paycheck because it is a sensitive private information, the report said. TBS is expected to offer its official response to the issue within this morning. A media official said uh, radio show hosts usually are not Uh, A-list celebrities that uh, demand tremendous amounts of payments. So it is common for media companies to make just verbal arrangements for radio hosts. 
But this common practice seems to be undergoing some changes recently as EBS began signing official written contracts a few years ago and KBS is also about to uh, do the same thing. And TBS said uh, it is also preparing to revise the policy to make it mandatory for radio hosts to sign a written contract. Right. So um, <laughs> that is something that I guess we'll all have to address here mm. uh, on, on our, uh, as we are all under the TBS umbrella. But So this propaganda campaign by c h o s e n i l b o what it is doing is to the wider public who are not involved in media or broadcasting, it's going to sound like, oh my gosh, this guy's getting $2 mm. million. Oh my gosh, it's all hush-hush money under the table. They didn't even sign a contract and they're just kind of doling out big wads yeah. of cash to uh, Kim Ho-jun and this uh, news k o n g j a n g program that we don't like because they say things that are mean to conservative people. <laughs> If you work in media, you'll understand that This has been the practice for decades. Mm. As as a freelance broadcaster, you are offered jobs or you audition for jobs by various broadcasters, and then you are given an offer. And they say, oh, you want to host a show? Okay. And then we'll talk about the pay. And then there's usually back and forth. What do you usually expect? And then you have a a pay demand. They say, well, maybe a little lower than that. You negotiate. Mm. And you come up with an agreement. And then you start working. And that usually is a verbal agreement. That's been the practice for decades. Cho s o n i l b o knows very well that probably even at TV Cho s o n there is probably a practice of with, with their you know, normal hosts mm-hmm. and reporters that there will be basically arrangements like that all throughout for any broadcast company. I'm not saying it's great or it's an awesome situation mm-hmm. to be in as a freelance broadcaster, but that's just the way it is. And TBS's point of view is that these radios... It's not offering some kind of um, deal to a Yu Jae-suk or, oh, yeah. or that kind of level mm. superstar host. These are just normal people who are hosting shows. Some of them have a little bit more celebrity than others. But for Kim Ho-jun's Kimo point of view, this is the number one rated radio show in the program. Our show is a little tiny, 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 <laughs> tiny percentage compared to Kim Ho-jun in terms of ratings, in terms of uh, notoriety, in terms of anything. But if I personally was the host of the number one radio show in the country with millions and millions of viewers every day, you could be darn sure I would demand the highest pay that's possible. I'm the Mm -hmm. host of the number one rated radio show. That's something that you would think in a free market for, you know, for conservatives, capitalism, a free market, everyone should know their worth by what they are bringing to the table. And those are the results. It's the same if Chai Mina was considered the number one (laughs) interpreter in the country and every event she did had 100,000 people attend to listen to her wonderful interpretation. She should and she will demand the highest pay for that kind of event. <laughs> it's, it's a controversy that's being generated to try to get people angry enough to demand. They know they cannot legally force this program to go away or for the host to step down because as we fact-check so many times mm-hmm. with our uh, situation as a separate foundation, the only way they can do it would be for some kind of political or public pressure to, mm-hmm. to try to shame individuals in trying to make a decision. But again, just laying it out, this is just the practice that it's been. I'm not saying it's great, but it looks like TBS is going to be uh, making their own official responses to that. And of course, we have to uh, let them handle uh, what the conservative media propaganda campaign is going. So we'll leave it there. Uh, We might have to talk about it on on later dates because it does look like this uh, propaganda campaign is continuing. Meanwhile, let's talk about the main opposition People Power Party. Their senior lawmakers met for the first time since their huge victory in the uh, April 7 by-elections for both the Seoul and Busan mayoral races. At this meeting, um, 
it was different because uh, when they were in public, it was all kind of cool and smiley and, and mm. jovial. But when it was off camera, it seemed like there was some tensions going on, especially on the uh, issue of selecting a new party chief. That's right. When the camera was on and they were in the presence of reporters, the senior lawmakers of PPP seemed united towards one big goal of unification of conservative bloc, but the mood suddenly changed when the door closed and the camera was switched off. In the open session, PPP's acting chief Chu Ho-young and lawmakers serving more than four terms emphasized the importance of consolidation of the conservative side. Lawmakers Ho Byung-soo urged the party to unite with the minor opposition People's Party as they promised during the election campaign. And Park Jin also said consolidating the conservative bloc is their overriding imperative and that it, that it, is, uh, that, uh, it is what the public and uh, the, people, the party deems necessary to achieve a smooth power transition. And acting chief Chu said the talks on the merger of PPP and People's Party are now well underway, and they're mulling over various options. But when the reporters left and the door were closed, the mood dramatically changed, according to multiple sources, as Hong Moon-pyo, uh, who is preparing to run for party chairman, asked Chu Ho-young and Jung Jin-seok uh, in an angry voice whether it is true that they are looking to consolidate candidates for the party's chief position by referring to a media report. But Chu said it is not true, and Jung said it is a groundless rumor. Five-time lawmaker Cho Kyung-tae pressed Ju to decide whether to resign from his post or not as soon as possible if he wants to run for the party chief election. Yeah, so what we know is that this election was really what we say a referendum, but basically people voicing their displeasure, uh, their anger against the ruling party and the government. Mm. It was really a definitive statement of people saying, I don't like the way things are going. Mm. It was not necessarily a thing about... I love the main opposition party. I want to support them. And I think the main opposition, mindful of that, they have to wonder about whether they want to continue to grow that tent and, and appeal to the moderates and, and try to bring in the People's Party, as you say, or they want to stick to the kind of traditional conservative uh, direction that they have been going for in decades past. And I guess that's that tug of war. And that re- kind of reflects that party leadership race, who that party uh, leadership a person will be will probably set that direction, and we'll talk about it later with uh, Professor Song Sejian during our TM views about which direction the conservative uh, movement wants to go in. On the ruling party side, now um, of course <laughs> they have been the uh, loser in this mm. big election, and they need to fix whatever is ailing them quickly before the presidential elections next year. So how are they going to do that? How do they reform? There are some <laughs> arguments and bickering going back and forth here. Uh, give us an update on some of the things that have been going on. Yes, the ruling Democratic, Democratic Party lawmakers hold uh, various meetings to discuss what caused the crushing defeats in the by-elections. But they're under criticism for not putting out any effective measures to reform and rebuild the party. DP lawmakers, who are members of the party's progressive faction called Tojun Mire, held a meeting yesterday. They listened to various opinions on the cause of the defeat, including the failure of the real estate policy and opposition sized uh, strong consolidation of support. The so called Gwangamun Forum lawmakers also met yesterday, and they blamed the scandal of former Justice Minister Cho Guk for the defeat. 
The party's groups of first and second term lawmakers who faced criticisms within the party for their blaming on c h o g u k for the defeat had a separate meeting uh, and third of its kind after the by-elections, but they also didn't come forward with some actual measures other than a statement saying uh, that they will find ways to compensate losses of mom-and-pop store owners <clears throat> retroactively. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. There is a growing voice inside the party that the reform plan seems to be fizzling out. Former lawmaker Kim Hae-young expressed his concerns uh, that the reform movement sparked by those young members is rapidly fading. Well, Kim Hae-young is infamous for being sort of this uh, guy who, who likes to criticize the uh, Democratic Party. He was a former Supreme Council member. but then also lost his uh, election in the previous parliamentary elections uh, as uh, Busan uh, turned away from him. Uh, he is known to be a, a critic of the Democratic Party, uh, but a lot of people also point out that he de- never seems to criticize the opposition party, mm-hmm. yet he is still within the ruling party. He represents a minority view, and he seems to be supportive of these uh, growing calls to blame the whole thing on Cho g u k the justice minister, where it has been pointed out um, multiple times that The issue of Choguk occurred way before it happened, even before the parliamentary elections, which resulted in mm. the Democratic Party famously winning the 180 seats. So there was no need to re-litigate that situation. And so people were wondering, why, why are we starting to bring up Choguk again when we clearly see that there's a dissatisfaction? Now, you can say it's all these different factors involving, you know, Fair or the 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 Nero Nambul kind of uh, painting mm-hmm. that they have been sort of smearing the ruling party with the real estate issues, the LH scandal, and all of this was a perfect storm as well as fatigue over COVID nineteen mm-hmm. and and how the economy is not doing well, and it kind of just brought about this upswelling of anger and dissatisfaction against the government and the ruling party. How do you fix that? Well, you have to have all these different opinions, but most importantly, you have to also listen to the party members. And the party members, the ones who pay dues, as well as the ones who just support the party, they are, uh, by far the majority, are not happy with the way some of the criticisms has been going and the direction that they want to go. So you have to listen to not just the leaders, not just the lawmakers, but also the people who actually support the party themselves and find out some kind of consensus. And hopefully uh, they will do so. We will continue to monitor that situation. Let's talk about what they can do in the National Assembly to maybe uh, gain some more support from the public. This Conflict of Interest Prevention Act um, finally cleared the first hurdle. A lot of people say it should have done this before even the elections occurred, but it will be passing. And this this has been actually pending, a lot of people don't know, for um, eight years now. Yes, the Conflict of Interest Prevention Act, or 이해충돌방지법 in Korean, passed the Subcommittee of Legislative Review at the National Assembly yesterday. The act is aimed at preventing lawmakers and public officials from abusing their power to make private private gains. And it was submitted by the Anti-Corruption and Civil Rights Commission for the first time in 2013 to the 19th National Assembly. The bill would make it mandatory for public officials to submit a report on their work records for three years prior to their appointment to a high-ranking position. If they take private gains by abusing their power, the the profit would be forfeited and additional penalty would be imposed. The high-ranking officials would not be able to personally use the confidential information for private gains for three years after their retirement, and their family members are are banned from working at affiliated organizations. 
A clause has been added in the aftermath of the LH scandal to require public officials engaged in real estate-related work to report their property transactions within 14 days. The bill is expected to pass the National Assembly plenary session by the end of this month and go into force within a year. Yeah, and just to point out once again, rather than the whole re-litigating the the Joguk situation, this bill was pending for eight years. They could have passed this before the by-election. They could have also handled the LH situation mm. much more clear. The uh, that the transport, the land and transport minister at the time, Pyeongchang-eum, was caught up in this because he was the former head of LH. They were very slow in in trying to address his situation as well as cracking down on the employees at the time, and that kind of deliberate sort of moderate, we got to listen to the opposition, we got to rethink all of these, and not moving quickly enough really resulted in a lot of dissatisfaction and probably could have mitigated some of the damage ahead of the by-elections. Could they have won? Maybe, maybe not. But it is clear now that they're doing this after the fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's better late than never, but it has now uh, come to fruition. And again, a bill that was pending for, as you point out, eight years. It was never passed up until now. Final story, big concerns here in Korea. The Nuclear Safety and Security uh, Commission sent a letter to the Japanese government expressing concern and urging authorities there to re-examine their plan to release the uh, tons of uh, contaminated water from the Fukushima nuclear power plant uh, in an objective manner. Yes, the NSSC said yesterday that it sent a letter to its Japanese counterpart to demand the authority to conduct an objective review to see if Tokyo's decision to release radiation-contaminated water into the sea is in accordance with the international standards and to share the study results in a timely and transparent manner. The commission is also planning to disclose more information on the sea radiation investigation results on their website for better understanding among the public and also to strengthen professional manpower and equipment of Korea Institute of Nuclear Safety, which oversees sea radiation in the region. Regarding the scheduled IAEA, International Atomic Energy Agency, investigation on the full process of contaminated water treatment in Fukushima, the government is planning to involve more experts on the South Korean side for a thorough investigation. When asked whether there will be cooperation with China on this matter, uh, NSSC Chief Om Jae-sik said that there is clearly a process at the level of the Pan government. Yeah, it looks like Japan is determined to go through this uh, despite the criticism, but uh, Korea has to use every kind of lever of um, uh, legal means they can to try to um, prevent or mitigate the damage coming out of this. All right, Mira, as always, covered a lot of stories for us. Always appreciate it. Thank you very much, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you.